With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you hard right now, like I am? Because it's snowing. <laughs> And I've had a raging snow boner because of the snow. I'm sorry, I'm so excited for snow. I just I meant to tell you that you were knocking on the door to get in here because it was windy and you looked miserable. But I, since it started snowing, I've been so happy. No, quite the opposite. I've, I enjoyed it. Like, actually, driving to work this morning, I kept thinking to myself, because it was that wet, sticky snow that sticks yeah. to all the tree branches. Wet, sticky snow. Driving to work was magical this morning. <laughs> Just like it really wasn't sticking to the road. It wasn't yeah. very slushy. It was yeah. just very beautiful, like two inches yeah, in the ground. Yeah, I keep talking. Just a couple inches off. Yeah. You're really making me uncomfortable. Ah, uh, right snow boner. <laughs> <laughs> I feel unsafe right now. Somebody please help me. <laughs> Do you remember your first kiss? <laughs> Do you remember this? <laughs> well, hey guys, what's going on here? River Sullivan coming at you right here, right now. Pre-recorded for your live listening pleasure, yet again for another episode of This Evening tonight and with me here as always my friend and hetero life made the silver fox of sultry sippings and sexy coffees the man who always has a plan the man the myth the legend you guys know him you love him he's the yin to the yang here of the show scott the one and only yeah i don't know why you always sound the man with the plans because 90 percent of my life is just winging it yeah i like it but i have a plan for you to have a plan you know how you're always wanting to say, hey, I want to contribute something to the show? You want to, you want to add something? Oh, I have a job for you. All right, here we go. Your job every week will be to procure our weekly coffee. And that's it. I was just thinking about it when I was at the store. I'm like, I might as well just do this every week. Mm-hmm. I like it. Okay, I can do that. So we're going to jump right into it here, guys, since we're already talking about coffee. This week's coffee is really reaching out to the uh, day-drinking people out there, those Drinking on duty, folks, because we're drinking Jack Daniels, Tennessee whiskey, coffee. So, first, let's start off. This came in a little can, 8.8 ounces, which um, it was like a bag of Lay's potato chips. Like, it was like a fourth of it was missing. It was sealed, but I'm guessing they're weighing the can along with the weight. 
I mean, before we dive right into the taste, like I'm highly disappointed in the fact that it cost me $15 for that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a showpiece, really. I mean, I, yeah. I kind of want to put this in my building to sit there with like the actual whiskeys and scotches I've set up. But I'm a little nervous about this one because when we cracked it open, my senses were assaulted with a smell that took me back. Instead of Tennessee, it took me back to Kentucky and ri- reminded me a little bit of Kentucky Nose. I hope you play some banjo music in the background to record. Oh, it's going to be something epic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I'm going to try this. Moment of truth. Dear God. Wow, that's pretty close. Dear God. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, that's pretty close. Oh, <laughs> Mm. This is a new coffee. Oh my god, this is oh yeah. They're so close. It is so close to Kentucky nose. I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps. (laughs) But Kentucky nose was made with love. Not only love, but it was a one-man operation. Labor of love. Labor of love. Tony Davis, you will forever be missed. Jack Daniels, you guys are a big bad company. And I mean that like in the best way possible, you know, big badass company and all that. I'm a huge fan of all your products. You have, for your multi million, billion, however many dollars is in this company, for all the people you had working on this coffee with your labor of love whiskey, you almost took the number one spot. But we're outdone by a god amongst men. I got, I got nothing else on that. It's. I agree. A solid number two. This is a solid number two. So let me go. I'm bringing a dry erase board next next time. Yeah. So just to read it off here, I guess, uh, as the can says, this unique blend of gourmet coffee is 100% arabica, infused with authentic Jack Daniel's Tennessee whiskey, and roasted medium to provide a full-bodied, rich flavor. World of Coffee operates using the same principles as Mr. Jack Daniel. I'm guessing this is Jack Daniel's, but made through World of Coffee. Okay. Every day we make it, and we'll make it the best we can. We have been roast masters since 1984 and adhere to strict quality standards in the sourcing and production of the best-tasting coffee. Just like Jack Daniel's Tennessee whiskey, our coffee blend is crafted with pride using premium beans and proprietary roasting methods. For a delicious brew with bold character and a smooth finish. So yes, we know it's infused with Jack Daniels. Blended, they say, by the master roasters of Coffee World of Coffee. Oh, it's roasted in small batches. So this is a small batch thing. So you're getting Jack Daniels' small batch price. That's why it was so expensive. But the thing I will say, it was perfectly ground. For a pre-ground coffee, it was perfectly coarsely ground for the French press. Like, I was worried when you said, ah, it's ground. We cracked it open. I was going, ooh. That's it's perfect. Like it, it's not too not too fine. It's mm. that's really not the way I thought you were going to go with this. I thought you. Were, I was really scared you were going to start ranting about Jack Daniels. <laughs> Why Jack Daniels? Why? <laughs> I know. I, I wanted to. I wanted to hate it when when they uh, when they kind of gypped us on the on the quantity, but the lack of the quantity that was in the can, they made up for. They made up for with quality. You're so emotional over there. I am emotional. I'm a big emotional mess right now. This is, oh my God. I agree. This knocks Neebs down to third place. This is definitely not an everyday type of coffee, unless you're 
independently wealthy, but yeah, that's uh, a nice treat. That's going to stick around there for a while. So in terms of some of the other things here that we've been doing on the show, uh, as you guys know, I can't really hand out the, uh, the promo codes unless we do like uh, stuff on DM or right in uh, social media. But another thing we like to talk about here on the show is our little, uh, what, what, what would we call this? Like, uh, cause we have our, our opening with a coffee. Our love of Duke Cannon. Yeah, I don't want to sound too much like we we love love. Like I love Ducana products, but I mean, like we need something catchy, you know. <laughs> the moment with the D. <laughs> Join us on our little venture to Duke Cannon Country. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's take a break here and pull the truck over into Duke Cannon Country. <laughs> and uh, so we're just we keep buying their shit because <laughs> we we love it. And uh, Christmas is right around the corner, so I'm already buying some for stocking stuffers for loved ones. And uh, from what I've been praising them about it is uh, everybody in my family is just, yeah, we won't say no to it. So the one I got here, uh, I guess, this week or today is we have the Big Ass Brick of Soap Leaf and Leather Edition. Have you smelled this one yet? Yes, I got that in my uh, Frontier 40. Yeah, that's, God, that's, hmm. So I feel like I'm going to smell like a baseball mitt and like a cigar. I'm all right with that. So let me see here. Leaf and Leather. Duke Cannon is a man's man. Duke Cannon would rather explore the Great Plains on horseback than navigate the parking lot of an outlet mall in a compact car. It's in the great wide open, about a thousand miles away from the nearest food court, where a light breeze carries the scent of old leather, mixed with fresh rolled tobacco leaves. Oh, right there, tobacco. Take a trip back in time when a nice masculine scent didn't involve citrus fruits or flowers, and experience this American-made soap inspired by leaf and leather. We have triple milled for superior quality, three times bigger, made in the USA, not from France, and not for clowns. <laughs> I love their marketing, man, I'm telling you. That's great. I think some people are kind of turned off by the, the. I won't say it's over the top, but this masculine marketing. But as Duke Cannon, like the company itself says, it's not like they're trying to say that using these products will make you more manly. Yeah. It's this, qu- but this thing too. You don't see these guys like you don't have like Terry Crews like shouting its name from the rooftops no. like Old Spice does. The thing I do appreciate about uh, Duke Cannon products is the fact that it's their small batch. I guess if you want to think of it in terms of their advertisement, I've been seeing their ads forever on it, Facebook until I finally pulled the trigger on it. Yeah, it, it's very high quality, and, it, and like they say, it's it's made for hardworking men, a quality product. Yeah. And that's the thing, though. It's not going to shout it and be like over-masculine. Right. You find this stuff because you look for it. And right. That's how I ended up when I kind of stumbled into it. And I said, oh, well. And then it just went from there. You know, you start searching. And, my God, I'm swapped to everything. I use their, we, we're both using their pomade now. Yeah. I got that stuff in my hair right now. It's fantastic. Because I was using the LA Looks for pretty much most of my life. I think I still have like two gallons of it from 1982. I tell you what, that news anchor Paul made, like I'm not a big fan of like super hold stuff, but mm-hmm. that stuff is crisp. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't like do the whole gunky dandruffy. Yeah, I have like the fiber one. It's supposed to be hurricane hold. <laughs> yeah. It's, like I don't know if that's their max or whatever, but yeah, it's just like a like nice cream pomade. Damp your hair down, throw it in there, comb it, done. And like I mm-hmm. have it in there, and it'll still style, but my hair isn't greasy, you know, or it doesn't feel like it's been frozen in time. Right. Not trying to oversell their products. But yeah. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> jump off the Duke's D, if you know what I mean, for a minute. And uh, we'll move on from that, because I'm certain you guys are getting tired of it. 
fucking soap everywhere. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of stuff going on with SpaceX. They had a launch, I want to say last week. They're moving into the operational phase of, I think, is it their Dragon module? They did a launch for NASA, basically. Yeah. To the space station. They're doing big things. SpaceX is legit now. So SpaceX, like they're working together with NASA, right? I would assume so. You said yes, they're going to the it space actually, station, meaning It ISS. actually looks like they're doing a lot of the heavy lifting for NASA now. Now who runs, is that an Elon Musk thing? Yes. Okay. And you know what kind of big plans he has, if you've ever researched any of that. TIE fighters and X-wings? No, I'm pretty sure he wants to retire on Mars. Like, in all seriousness, that's his goal. I am not mad at it. Who, yeah, who wouldn't want to retire on Mars? I don't think I would, but, you know, I admire his effort to push push our technology and society forward. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. I know that, God, going up there, that's going to require... Can you imagine the amount of money? Because I know that there's supposed to be... There There will be something on the moon in our lifetime. Guaranteed. There should be. There will be, there will be a commercial ability for civilians to go to the moon. Well, I mean, we'd be crazy not to. I mean... You could argue that it's a waste of money, but I don't think it is. I believe it's an investment because they've already proven that there are resources on the moon that are valuable. Mm-hmm. Not only to mention, let's, let's like, not mm-hmm. mine the moon. No, I don't want to mine. That'll <laughs> so be the South Park episode where BP was like, "We're going to drill the moon." Oh, the moon is what maintains our ocean. That this is very true. But also, if you look at it from the point of a stepping stone, a base of operations. They've proven that like asteroids and meteorites have a lot of valuable minerals and resources as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Well, you're talking a lot about investment here. And so that reminded me of a little bit of investing I did for myself to where in the point I believe in the future, I might go to the moon. I might start my own moon hotel. Why you ask and how? Well, old River just did some diversification of some money to do a little bit of investing of his own. Let's hear it. I invested in crypto, cryptocurrency, and to be more specific, not Bitcoin. Those sons of bitches are almost $20,000 a piece. And that's pretty awesome. So are you familiar with cryptocurrency at all? I'm, I'm familiar with the concept, but I'm not familiar with the different types. So crypto, you're not familiar with, with uh, like we talked about Bitcoin there for a second, but. Um, I'm, I'm familiar with the concept, like I said, but I don't, outside of Bitcoin, I don't really I know it involves blockchain, but other than that, I don't So know. my understanding, uh, I did not do a hell of a lot of research into Bitcoin, so everybody in the comments section, feel free to disassemble everything I'm about to say and call me a complete idiot. My understanding of like Bitcoin is it's, it's the remnants of transactions that were laying around on the internet, like uh, tens of thousands of cents that you can mine. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, like office space? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I know that you can mine a Bitcoin. I believe they're pretty much infinite. But to mine them, like you you have like you have to have a dedicated electronic mining computer and it requires a shitload of power to use and it takes forever to mine like just a little bit of one. So I was like, I'm not going to get invested in that. But I got a buddy that we're trying to get him on the show. He wants to be on the show, I know, for a fact. We're just waiting on the uh, the stars to align in our scheduling. He's been talking to me about this stuff called XRP or Ripple. And I was trying to, I was like, oh, it's like Bitcoin? No, apparently not. XRP is a crypto that is designed, 
I guess, to replace the modern electronic banking system. We operate off of what is known as the SWIFT system that I guess the banks have operated on for just, you know, eons for electronic transfers. So as an example, I guess when I was paying off some debt so I could make sure I had, you know, everything was good for me to buy a house, I sold my motorcycle that I had just for payoff to clear the debt. So the private party, his bank got approval for the money to, to give me to pay the bike off. So instead of calling like Harley Davidson Financial, because they can only they said I can only pay them like five grand a day or something to pay it off, and it would have taken like two days or three days or something to do the whole amount. So they're like, let's just do a wire transfer. Well, a wire transfer takes like one to five days or something like that. It takes a while, and that's using the SWIFT system. Ripple and or XRP is designed to replace the SWIFT system and do the same thing within an hour. So pretty much going from like. An old Chevy Silverado that's just putt-putting along. She's slow, but she's steady and don't break down to, like, this sports car. You know, just quick transactions. And I was trying to figure out why I should give a shit about that. And I said, I'm just buying a representation of technology. And apparently, no, the the ones that you buy, the XRPs that you buy, are you're buying the actual tech. You're buying a piece of the actual algorithm that does that. So there's only a uh, 100 billion of them out there in circulation. It's uh, 99,990,848,713 XRPs, to be exact. I'm looking at it through the CoinMarketCap website. And right now, currently circulating, there's 45 billion. So there's still quite a few of them left. Right now, they were cheap. They're they're pretty cheap. They're, they're, well, they're way more expensive than what they used to be. They used to be like a tenth of a penny back in like 2014. And up until, I'd say, like a month ago, you could get them for 25 cents for one of them. And I bought in when some of them were like 70 cents. And then they dropped down to like 40 cents, so I bought more. And all the research I've been able to do states that those things will be worth, they say by 2030, at a minimum, they'll be worth $200, $300 a piece. So, old River's got it working in his head that I'm going, my goal is to get 5,000 of those things. So if they're worth 200 bucks in 2035, the year I'm eligible to retire from my other job. So if they're worth 200 bucks and I have 5,000 of them, that's a million dollars I can cash out on. If I have 5,000 of them and they're worth $300, that's $1.5 million that I can just cash out on. You pay the capital gains tax, but none. They're also talking they have the potential to be earned or valued up to $10,000. Very, very slim though. More realistically, two to 300 bucks. So right now, Every every paycheck I get, um, I buy a, a few here or there. And I've been doing that for about uh, two months. And I've already got seven hundred of them, and that cost me about five hundred bucks out to invest. It was like because I'd buy like oh, hundred bucks here, hundred bucks there. You know, anytime I think there was a lull in it, like the first one I did was seventy some cents, and I mean I bought pretty high in comparison. So, but I was just I was desperate to get into it. I was like, oh, I just got to get into it. So I still have like my, my pension for my other job that I'll have. And then there's like my, my 401k that I'm slowly you know, very minimally invested into. And then I have some CDs that I bought in two years ago. So I have a bunch of stuff like a lot of fingers and a lot of pies. Now I added XRP to my menu of options of income that I can draw from when I retire. From the guy that, again, the, the guy that I want to have on the show here, I, I wish he was here today because like I'm, we're barely touching the, the surface of it. He, he knows so much more on this. He's done so much more research. But the thing I learned as soon as you buy it, like I bought mine through Coinbase, and so I have their app on my phone, and that's you just buy it, and I sit there and I watch it. 
like the first purchase I, I made, I just sat there and watched, you know, I was like, oh, am I going to make money? Am I going to lose money? Like you could sit there for hours and just watch your phone and go, oh, uh, oh, yeah. So technically I think, yeah, I'm still down. Like just looking at the numbers, I have 500 invested and I think I'm down to like, so it's at 63 cents home. So I put 500 in and I'm at 443 and 59 cents. But then it will let you know like how many, like I have 702.101592 XRPs. Yeah, it goes uh, a yeah, shitload of decibel, uh, decimals. You don't always have to buy just one whole coin or one whole crypto. I think you can buy like a quarter. You half. can buy like a 32nd of really? one. Yeah, like, because Bitcoin is uh, currently at this moment, which changes like every uh, 10 minutes. Where are you, Bitcoin? Uh, doo -doo 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 -doo. Bitcoin is valued at $19,100 even right now. And you could buy like a 32nd of one, which I think is still going to be a shitload of money in comparison to what I'm investing in now. But When did Bitcoin first come on the scene? Like when did it start becoming a thing? I remember hearing about it like what, about five years ago. Uh, I want to say it was longer than that. But it's like it, it, if I remember correctly. Like it, what it was kind of one of them things everybody blew off at the time. Yeah, because nobody believed that it would work. So let me pull it up here. So the first, so Bitcoin first started trading from around point zero 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 eight cents to eight cents in July two thousand ten per coin. So ten eleven years ago. Can you imagine investing in? Yeah, I'm, in those I'm trying times. to find the story on it. Uh, history. There we go. Good old wiki. Come here, wiki. Come on over here. So apparently from what I remember or what I have read while I'm researching this right now, there was the first purchase that was made with a Bitcoin was like a pizza. How in the world would you purchase a pizza at that time with Bitcoin? Well, because it took like the pizza owner, they had to, the creator of Bitcoin, from what I understand, they had to say, we want to pay you with this cryptocurrency. And they had to explain to him what it was. And they were like, eh, I don't know. Like, come on. So with the value of like 0 0.008 cents that uh, it took like 9,975 Bitcoins that these <laughs> guys had to buy that pizza with the Bitcoins. And the guy that was like the, the pizza shop owner did that. And he said, oh, well, what am I going to do with him? Held on to him. So you had uh, 9,975 Bitcoins multiplied by $19,100 each. So he's got $190,522,500 for pizza. Where is that guy now? I don't know. I can't really find anything on it. Smart man. Took the money and ran. Yeah. <laughs> you got the, God, like, and apparently they used to be, that's, damn, I haven't seen it that high. Yeah, it's, it's actually bounced back because uh, everybody said, oh, it took a dive. It took a dive or it went down like 10 grand a piece. Now they're back up to almost 20,000. Yeah, but considering what it started out as, yeah. it's not really much of a dip. I mean, I'm not anywhere as financial, financially, financially literate as I should be, but even I know that the market takes dips, that it's what you gain over the long term that matters. Yeah, Bitcoins, uh, they began on blockchain, first Bitcoin transaction. So the very first one was sent between two people and only one known to have sent by a man named Satoshi. Occurred January 12, 2009, when Satoshi Nakamoto sent 50 Bitcoins to Hal Finney in Block 170. The cost of the transaction 
like so many in the early days, was zero. Let's see. Ah, there we are. The pizza purchase. Laszlo Hanyex. 10,000 Bitcoin pizza purchase. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's so famous that even no coiners know about it. Yeah, so people like, I don't, we don't invest in them, but I, I, I've known about it. So let me see here. So that happened on May 22nd, 2010. And it was a 99 cent Bitcoin on top was to cover the miner's fee. Damn. 10,000 Bitcoins. <laughs> it's like $200 million for a pizza. I didn't even wrap my head around that. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, though, with Bitcoins is uh, there's a lot of countries I know uh, or I understand that China has entire, like, like industrial parks dedicated with these massive Bitcoin miners, like giant computers, that everything's kept at sub-zero temperatures because of how much power it requires to run one of these miners. And all a miner is is like a little AI bot that goes out, scours the internet for bits and pieces of Bitcoins and mines them and gathers it together and ultimately will earn some Bitcoin out of it. Now, how is that legal? Because uh, uh, it's pretty much all unregulated out there. That's you know, like how like where like because it's international. It's worldwide. Like it's the okay. internet. But where do we buy one of these machines? Uh, you can buy them on Amazon. You can buy one. I, I've looked it up. You can get some for like 150 bucks, but they're slow. And by our standards, they use up a shitload of power. You're you're looking at raising your power bill 100 200 bucks a month hmm. to maybe earn. A 30-second of a Bitcoin. So how many solar panels? A lot. <laughs> These things run a lot of fucking heat. Like, they they, absor- they they burn a lot of power. Now, my understanding is that a lot of them, actually, they do have people that run them off solar, but that's like governments, like China and stuff, that can do that, that can afford the amount of solar power necessary to run just one of them. Trust me, I'm completely, I am completely unschooled in uh, in this. <laughs> I'm pretty much just talking out of my ass right now, guys. Like, <laughs> so I'm certain there's people out there in the uh, in the comment section or out there that are listening on any of the other platforms that know a hell of a lot more about this than I do. <sighs> well, the COVID vaccine is supposed to be out here soon. Still waiting on that. It was supposed to be out sometime this week, my understanding is. What are your thoughts on that? I'm not taking it. <laughs> so they're still working on, state governments are still working on, who's going to receive the vaccine first? Everybody wants to say, Usually, like elderly first responders, children, or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, they're probably going to make the women and children it. first. I'm, yeah, whatever. Uh, there's there, there's three of those doses out there, three three or four out there right now, and all all the ones I know are like a two series shot where you have to get one shot and then come back like X amount of time later get another shot, and a bunch of them. They all have to be. I think the Pfizer one is ninety degrees ne- or negative ninety degrees Celsius. It has to be stored at. We talked about that last time about uh, was it United Airlines flying them everywhere? They had like four times the legal amount of dry ice on the aircraft than was legally allowed. See, that brings me to my point. Back to my point that you you know my whole thought process on this. You know, I'm not an anti-vaxxer by any means, but I'm very hesitant to take a vaccine 
that was rushed through development this quick. In a way, I'm happy to see it happen so quick just so it can get out there and people can calm down, you know, for yeah. lack of a better word. Yeah. Term, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how we get zombies. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it. I, I find it ironic that I was talking to somebody about this today. Like anything with the government all boils down to private, private rights versus public good, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where we are with all these measures we're doing for COVID. You know, some of the people that are, uh, wow, I'm just not on my game today. I can't, <laughs> I normally can't articulate things well to begin with, but today I'm just, I'm done. My brain is hurting. <laughs> blur, bleep, bleep. You know, like most of the people that are calling for their support in these measures, strict measures for COVID are going to be the first ones to line up for this shot. I find that ironic because it was rushed through produ- production. Yeah. We really don't know what it's going to do. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that in itself is unsafe. But everything that I read through, like the CDC and the FDA, though, even though they're saying or stating that it is, you know, everybody's going, it's rust, it's rust. But there were three different levels of trial for each one that was regulated through the FDA for the ones that were U.S. based. Like the first one was, you know, your development and testing of vaccines. But in the testing of itself, like stage three for, I know, the Pfizer one through the CDC and the FDA. Their test group, like it wasn't like 20 people in a lab, like they tested 30,000 people in phase right. three. They were like, all right, everybody here gets one. Some got the placebo or some got the real thing to see what would happen, you know, because placebo is always, it's always been a weird thing. I remember that from uh, like psychology courses I took years ago. Placebo is always weird because like the sugar pill experiment, you're familiar with that? Mm-hmm. You know, they give you, a, they give one person a medication to stop a headache and it's like two migraine sufferer, sufferers. One guy takes the migraine meds and see if it works, and it does. And the other guy takes the, a sugar pill, and he believes that it's a migraine medication, but the but the headache will go away anyway. It's where they say that the body has mysterious powers to heal itself. I don't think it's mysterious. It's just uh, you ever you ever read the secret? <laughs> no, I just think there's some truth behind the fact that you know mind never matter. Yeah, well, mind never matter, right there. Uh, that's one thing I would say look into. It was. Uh, it started out on History Channel where they, they made like a documentary on it. It was called The Secret. And a buddy of mine had me watch it uh, years ago. And now it's just like evolved to where, from what I can tell, I, I saw it on uh, on one of our streaming services the other day. Like, it's The Secret has a series, but it's, it's like a chick flick romance thing going on there. And I don't, I don't know. I didn't look into it. I just went, nope, no thank you. But the basis or the premise of The Secret was from the dawn of man, all those that were rose to success and power is because they willed it to happen. And that's the secret is you in your brain have the power to unlock anything that you want by willing it to happen. Like you wish hard enough and it will happen. Like I remember in the original documentary that I watched, there was a lady that had like an inoperable brain tumor and doctor said she was going to die. This is all according to her and on the documentary. And she said, I would just spend all my off time just in my head going, I'm healing, I'm healing, I'm healing, I'm healing, I'm healing. And it went away. I don't know if they, they call that the power of prayer or if it's the secret. I don't know. But I don't know. It's something to look into if, uh, if you're ever curious about it. It's, it's intriguing. Yes. They said that Napoleon did it, that he rose to power and became the, you know, the French emperor because he unlocked the secret. He unlocked the ability. From what I could also understand, that the secret is just unlocking more of your brain. They say you unlock more of your brain because we only use, what, 8 to 10%, they say? That's what they say. It's like helps you unlock your full potential. Yeah.
I don't know where to go with that because I, you know, my belief system, I think a lot of that's divine intervention. As crazy as that sounds these days. Yeah. But I definitely feel, oh. feel that we're given a, a great deal of liberty to yeah. decide, decide our fates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the line gets a little blurry between is it a, a scientific secret inside of our brain that we can unlock ourselves or is it divine intervention? I think yes. <laughs> like that's oversimplified things, but that's what, what I believe. The Air Force is funny, man. <laughs> like, I don't know, not the dog on them, but like they take the cold weather serious. Like I know it's different across the Air Force, but. <laughs> they did not take it super serious in Montana <laughs> where it's, that's the cold. Well, I like, just to work today, like. Like it was an issue. Like everybody's worried about having like all the the snivel gear, you know, all the winter gear, you know. Like, you, get, you get the good parka though, don't you? Yeah, they give you everything. You get pretty the, much with the furry, like. No, I haven't got one of those. Oh, like, I, I got the fuzzy. I got the waffle top, the under, which is like remember the old poly poly pros. Yeah, the new version of that. Okay. Um, like that good Patagonia gear and uh, the Gore Tex. Mm. All the everything you need, but like today, like this, this is what I wore. Yeah. And like, I kept thinking to myself, I was like, I really don't need any more than this because I'm really not outside that long going building to building. Like, mm-hmm. like, I don't really see a need for it here other than maybe like the ground crew, like maintenance and all that. Yeah. See, that's always what got me was my MOS was through security forces back then. And we were outside. We were the outdoor guys. Right. And they gave me a Gore-Tex. Which like, is which is good for like fifty degree weather. Yeah, <laughs> and we were in uh, Montana, <laughs> where it's winter nine months out of the year. Where uh, a, like a warm day in winter was when it hit zero. Like when it was a yeah. when it was forty degrees warmer and it than the day prior, but that day was zero. We were out there in shorts because we were used to forty below, and they're like, "Here's the Gore-Tex," and then eventually we got like uh, like sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> they, they called it the fleece liner, but it was just like black sweatpants with like a gym strap on them. And I remember, but we had ones that were overalls, like were they black yeah, we fuzzies? Yeah, the, we had the, they were the black fuzzy pants and then like a little, little like old Navy performance fleece in black. Yeah. And that was those. hot garbage. Like I'll never forget, we had missile maintenance guys. That you'd see them walking across. We're out there freezing to death. And then you see, it looks like Nanook, the fucking Eskimo snowman, comes walking across with the fuzzy hood on. And he's like, ooh, I'm on my way to work inside my building for eight hours. Like, I was like, hey, man, let me get that coat, man. That, that, let me get that coat. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I love the Air Force. You know, they're really smart people. Got everything together. But, like, it was cracking me up. Everybody was so concerned with winter gear. And it's like, <laughs> you spend most of your day inside. Yeah. I was like, we were outside. That's what I mean. We were outside and they gave us Gore-Tex. The guys at the indoor house cats, they got these goose down parkas that were built for like Antarctica. Like they were really worried about getting winter gear today. And I, I kept thinking to myself, like we weren't even allowed to wear it. Like it was, was not authorized unless it was under 32 degrees. I mean, don't get me wrong. Winter came in hard. Like yeah. it, it brought it. Yeah. Like but, happy December, everyone. I mean, it, it's still snowing right now. It's not supposed to stop snowing till 9am tomorrow. I'm not upset about it. I got it. to use my snowblower today. I tried to drive my tractor yeah. up the hill to, uh, Drop the garbage off. That didn't work. I need to put the chains on. Old Pat, though, the old little renegade, she made it right up the hill, no problem. Love that little four-banger with four-wheel drive. And I'm going to trade it. I'm telling you, man. But I will, like, I'm going to drop that car like a bad habit as soon as it's paid off. (laughs) Because I I need a truck again. I'm getting tired of having to borrow everybody's truck 
<laughs> Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels keeps you warm in the winter. Uh, those little Jeeps are quite spry. Like I say, I like the car, but I don't like its uh, its transmission. The nine-speed transmission, I didn't know it was like a gearless, semi-gearless transmission. It uses like mm. belts and pulleys and shit for, for gears. Which, yeah, okay. Like, the biggest thing, though, that I need is I need the ability to haul things. So that's why I'm looking at like a, uh, like a Tacoma small light duty pickup. I look, I'm even looking at the four cylinder edition of them. They make them in four banger and the four banger version can still tow 3,600 pounds. You know who also makes a pickup truck? Jeep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could buy four Tacomas for the price of that Jeep truck. Yeah, but it'll hold its value. So will a Tacoma. I was looking at Tacomas that were five years old and they're still over 30 grand. Miss your Jeep. <laughs> I have one now. It's it's kind of a Jeep. It's a Fiat Jeep. Yeah, I feel your pain. Like, I oftentimes miss having a pickup truck. But I'm in that situation where I don't need it too often. The when you do, it's kind of like, man, I wish I still had a truck. Like, anytime, like, I, I've needed a truck four, five, six times here in just the last month for the projects I've been doing around the house. Right. And, God, just, and, and that's, like, that was one of the holdups for some, for mainly, like, my wood building was, Anytime I needed, I had to go get block. I had to go get something for it. I had to go, hey, can I borrow somebody's truck? Somebody got today off with the truck. They can help me. Like, I hate that. I hate, I love the fact that I live out here in the woods and I could be self-sufficient out here, but I'm also, I can't be, I'm also in like self-dependent on other people's goodwill of having trucks. Like I'm completely sufficient and independent out here with me and the old lady. But when it comes time to haul a, a, a two by four, I gotta be like, Oh, he's got a truck. I need a truck. Like, I wonder why. I mean, do they have any businesses that just like rent pickup trucks? Yeah, U-Haul by the day. U-Haul does that. Like just regular pickup trucks. Yeah, they 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 have they have those, and I've looked into it, and I don't want to do that. Why is it like expensive? Really expensive? I mean, it would cost me like sixty bucks just for a day to rent a truck. Yeah, that's unreasonable. I said hell for that. I mean, that's that's gas in my car, and that's hell for for uh, looking at it now. That's that could be like a fourth of your payment for a day. You know, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I do. I do. I do. Ooh, uh, waiting Ooh, on, uh, waiting on UPS, you know, to drop my phone off. Tell me about your phone. It's the Samsung Galaxy Z Flip. It's like a flip phone, but it's a smartphone that flips. They have another version called the Z Fold that folds open like a little book and turns it into uh, what they call a phablet, a phone tablet. Which, looking at that, I was like, man, that's was actually cooler looking than the than the flip I got. I didn't know it was like that because it flips open mm-hmm. or it folds open the Z fold uh, horizontally, and then when you close it, it has another screen on the outside that you can just run it like a regular phone, or then you can just open it up and it's. Oh. So what drew your attention to that phone in particular? I missed my flip phone uh, because flip phones were fantastic back then because the battery would last a week. Um, you never really lost signal with a lot of good ones. And it was just simpler times because I didn't have to worry about app updates back then. And like, oh, this is like the whole face is space. But I don't know, flip phones, they were smaller. They were easier to fit in your pocket. They were usually more durable. So I figured I'd give this thing a shot. And I mean, I have the, the Galaxy S9 Plus right now, and I love it. It's been a rock-solid phone for me. It's paid off. doesn't have a scratch on it, you know, despite the fact that I've run it without a case now for I don't know how long. I have the screen protector on there, which has a nice crack in it, but you peel that off. Completely, completely safe, or, or you know, completely intact. So I'm thinking either I keep it 
or I trade it back in, you know, and uh, I'm told that uh, like AT&T will give me like 700 bucks for it. Do that. Yeah. I was like, ooh, well, Christmas. I mean, money. it's always nice to have like a backup, but I mean, for $700? <laughs> yeah. I, but see, this thing, it said $700, and I'll bet you that'd be like 700 if I traded for like value off my phone. So I don't know if they're going to give me that. They'll be like, oh, you, the best I can do is 200 bucks. Like, they'll be the guy from Pawn Stars. <laughs> the best I can do is, uh, is reach around. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, AT&T. Yeah. Sometimes I miss the days where phones, the only thing they did was text and phone calls. I used to do that before we went to those, uh, the micro SIM cards. Right. We, when we all still had the big SIMs that were in the smartphones and the flips, I used to have a Samsung Galaxy Rugby. The flip phone, the flip phone. I had the smartphone version of the rugby, and then I also had the rugby flip that I bought off a buddy that had a he had a trucking business that he would give them to his employees. Mm-hmm. So I, he sold it to me for like forty bucks. Reformatted the phone. All my contacts were on the sim. I popped the sim in the flip phone. Bam, turn mm-hmm. it on. I was like, yes. And I I remember I'd go to a bar and I'd have that thing sitting there, and be like, what is that? It's a flip phone. I'm like, well, what if somebody needs to get a hold of you? Like, they want to message you. I'm like, yeah, they can call or they can text. I can take a 300-pixel photo with this thing. It was great. <laughs> More times what happened was people would just, like, we'd, we'd take the phone and then throw it in a glass of beer and try to and call it. And you have to drink your beer before the, the call went to voicemail and then flip it open. It's good times. It was a very regal gentleman. Did it have snake on it? Of course it had snake. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, actually it didn't have snake. Those are the Nokias. Uh, no, mine had, like, a, it was like Galaga, like a little ping pong ball thing, you know. I feel like we got something to talk about. I just can't recall it. Like, yeah, it always happens as soon as I uh, press stop. What are you playing? What kind of games are you playing these days? Nothing really. <laughs> Still working on that shed. <laughs> now I got the shed done. The shed. I got the the copper backsplash put up. Uh, just replaced the canister of propane in the fire pit because I've been running the shit out of it. Now the only thing today was with the snow. I walked in there to check everything. Everything was dusted with snow. There was like a half inch of snow, like on the fire pit on the chairs, on everything. How'd it get in there? It just, it, cause it's damn near a blizzard. So it was just blowing in through the ventilated areas off the drip edge. It oh, just, okay. just blows in there, but it's, it's not enough to like ruin it. You know, it, it everything just kind of got blown off, dusted off and it was fine. Just a frosting. Yeah. Well, it was, it was more than a frosting. Like it was, like I said, it was like a half inch of snow, like to a half inch in the center, just on the fire pit. The floor was pretty much untouched. Nothing was sopping wet. Um, oh yeah. Hey, there's a good thing. Do you have a, do you have a septic system? No. No? Well, you're lucky because we just found out and I knew this and forgot. So I got home, uh, last night off the other job and the toilets were backing up. Water was bubbling up through the, through the bathtubs and the showers. And I was like, oh my God, it's happening again. Because just a couple months ago we had to pretty much plow the septic system and snake out every drain because it was clogged up with all that bamboo toilet paper that just set up like concrete. <laughs> I was like, what? This can't happen. This can't be happening. Well, we did some research into it. And by research, I mean, I, I asked the Google box of like, it had like the top four reasons that this will happen. One is like, oh, your tank's full. There's damage to the leach field, which the leach field is the overflow that once the tank fills up and it starts siphoning off the digested poop water into these fields of like this snake back and forth pipe that just disperses it into your yard. So you always know where a leach field is 
in the ground, especially in the summertime, because you'll see like real dark green grass, like really mm-hmm. well-grown grass. They go up, and it's always in lines. So we looked at that and it said, really, the only way you can damage a leach field is if you run over it with like your car, because they're only usually a few inches in the ground. None of us have done that. The dog is nowhere near that heavy. So I was like, okay, so it's not that. It could be an issue with the piping. And then I looked and I said, oh, you can overwhelm a septic system. <laughs> not, not, not the way you're thinking. <laughs> not the way you're thinking. If you use too much water too quickly, the tank fills up and then it just backs up and it, has, it doesn't have enough time to drain out, especially if it's already swampy outside because it rained all day yesterday. So the ground was highly saturated uh, okay, and then it was freezing and turning to snow. So it had no, it was moving at snail's pace. And I had run the dishwasher like twice yesterday. And then as soon as I went to work, I guess she just started doing laundry. Like I did like four or five loads of laundry and was, you know, you know, flushing <laughs> toilets, doing laundry, doing the dishwasher. So it just filled up. It's punishing that septic. <laughs> oh, it just, it just <laughs> topped it off. And I mean, I got home and I'm running a plunger and it's just gushing. What I will only tell myself was wet leaves coming up <laughs> through, the, through the shower drain. I was like, it's wet leaves, wet leaves. It is not. Particulated. Smells like autumn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, no, please God, no, no. <laughs> but we left it sit. Everything was just fine this morning. I was so happy. I was like, thank God, because I've had to shit for two days now. <laughs> like, as soon as I got home, I was like, well, we can't use the toilets. We can't use any of that. Like, I, I bathed last night with uh, with baby wipes. I scrubbed my body down with, like, 18 baby wipes. I mean, you could have went. You just couldn't have flushed it. <laughs> yeah, I take some mean shits. I'm not leaving that to sit anywhere. That, I'm sure that has nothing to do with overwhelming your septic. Hey, I use the poopery. I mean, that stuff's wonderful. I highly recommend that. It's a wonderful investment to make. But yeah, everything was just fine. Then uh, <coughs> she. <coughs> oh, nah, we're good. You're infected. No, uh, just this morning we did some house cleaning. She started cleaning that bathroom and the shower in there. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to go in here and do this one. So just scrubbed all the toilets, Clorox the sinks, because it was erupting out of the sinks, too. I was like, that's where I was like, oh, look, look how I redid the bathroom. It's because everything just got scrubbed. So, yeah, toilets, sinks, showers, everything got scrubbed down and cleaned because, God, it was nasty. Well, guys, it looks like we're all out of time here on this episode. But, hey, some last-minute good news here for you. If you stuck around this long, first of all, thank you for putting up with us. Secondly, I do believe that we'll we blah, 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 blah. I do believe that we will be able to get you guys some of those lovely ten percent off coupons. All you have to do is go to this evening tonight on Facebook for our social media, and we will include the code right there on the social media for ten percent off coupon of your order of Duke Cannon products. Don't forget all the other different ways here that you can listen. Amazon, tune in, you motherfucker! <laughs> I'm trying over here. <laughs> Don't forget all the other different ways here that you can listen. Check out Amazon, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Sounder, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and good old-fashioned YouTube to check out the BS Fireplace of Crackling in the background with special appearances by none other than Cat Damon. But all right, everybody, thank you again for stopping by. Thanks for tuning in. And until we see you here next time on the show, peace out.